What's up? This is Jonathan Smith, your host here at Shooting the Schmidt. We've got an absolutely loaded podcast for you today. Usually, we've been doing our NFL division predictions on Tuesdays. We're going to switch it up a little bit. We're going to push that to Thursday, do a big prediction podcast on Thursday between the NFC South and college football. We're staying in the NFC South today. There's a guy who's been getting a lot of disrespect, and I'm tired of it. Here we go. So there's a certain team in the F that everybody has their eye on. And no, it's not the Detroit Lions. People are really excited about them. They're excited what they're going to bring to the table. They love the way that they finished the season last year. People are talking about the Lions as they should. But that is not the team I'm talking about here. The team that I'm talking about here, their head coach has garnered so much disrespect this entire offseason, really since... He became the head coach of this franchise, and that is Matt LaFleur. He's a good head coach, putting my foot down, tired of hearing it. Okay, I'm tired of hearing people say it's easy to win games when Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback. Okay, that is the statement often associated with Matt LaFleur. That is the statement made to discredit what Matt LaFleur has done in his time in Green Bay. Okay, his first three seasons... They won 13 games every single year. First three years, 13 wins, 13 wins, 13 wins. Two of those seasons ended with them in the NFC Championship game. Last year, the Packers finally had a bad year under LaFleur. They went 8-9, and and now the Sharks are swarming. Okay, People are coming after him despite his 47-19 record. That's a winning percentage of 71%. Okay, That is top five all time. That is absolutely absurd. But all of it's thrown out the window because Aaron Rodgers has been his quarterback. The same guy who people keep telling me has been declining. Okay, If you're coaching one of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen, then of course you should win a lot of games. This is what people say. That's not the case, though. Over the 13 seasons, Mike McCarthy coached the Packers. Remember Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, the two quarterbacks that he coached during his time in Green Bay? He only won 13 games twice. With two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, he only won 13 games twice. It is hard to win that many games in the NFL, no matter who your quarterback is. Even when you have a great quarterback, you still have to coach well. Okay? And out of all of the coaches to emerge from the Kyle Shanahan coaching tree, LaFleur gets the least amount of love, okay? And it all comes back to Aaron Rodgers. He's the only coach from the Shanahan tree to have an elite quarterback under center. Okay, and we look at all the other coaches to come out of the Shanahan system. They all have these very average quarterbacks, and they've won. Kyle Shanahan, right? Obviously, Jimmy G. Sean McVay won games with Jared Goff, and then he he won the Super Bowl with Matthew Stafford, who isn't a he's a good quarterback. Wouldn't call him it. He's definitely not as elite as Aaron Rodgers. Okay, and then you got Mike McDaniel, who's winning with Tua in Miami. And so he's been discredited, going back to LaFleur, because he's had this elite quarterback. And this is the first year where LaFleur has a chance to show who he is as a coach. And I believe it will be easier for him to coach this year than it was the first four years when he had Aaron Rodgers. The Aaron Rodgers effect 
is a real thing. Okay, there's a good side and there's a bad side to just about everything in life, but especially when it comes to these really talented quarterbacks, especially when they're older. The good thing about Aaron Rodgers, he's talented. Okay, he's the most talented quarterback we've ever seen. People are going to push back and say, Mahomes, that's fine. I'm not going to argue with you. All I'm going to do is ask you to go back and watch Aaron Rodgers' games in that 2011 season when he was at his peak. The bad side of Aaron Rodgers is all the drama that he brings. Let's look at the history since LaFleur got there. Okay, After back-to-back seasons missing the playoffs, which is what happened to the Packers before LaFleur showed up, head coach Mike McCarthy was fired. When all the information came out, it showed how bad things were in Green Bay. Okay, Aaron Rodgers was described as a control freak, and Mike McCarthy was described as disinterested in the offense, and he was kind of over Aaron and all the crap that he brought to the table. Then the Packers decided to bring in now head coach Matt LaFleur, and he and Rodgers butted heads immediately, if you remember, over control of the offense. Okay, here were LaFleur's comments at the time. Aaron and I have had some good talks, and we're going to have to talk a lot more. And one thing we have to work through is the audible thing. We've never really had a quarterback who's had complete freedom to change plays at the line because that's not really the way the offense is set up. In the Shanahan system, every play is called at a specific time for a specific reason, and quarterbacks audibling out of that ruins the flow of the play calling. Okay, Rodgers ends up winning the battle. He was given total control of the offense. If you remember in the first seasons, Rodgers and LaFleur had the altercation on the sideline against the Vikings where Rodgers was upset about a play that LaFleur called and all that kind of stuff. Okay, Outside of that altercation, though, things seemed pretty okay between Rodgers and LaFleur in year one. Then in the offseason, Aaron Rodgers goes on the Pat McAfee show, and he makes his once clear. He wants the Packers to draft a skilled player on offense, preferably a receiver, in the first round. That's what he wanted. Well, the Packers did draft a skill player. It just happened to be another quarterback, Jordan Love. Okay, after the draft, it was clear Rodgers not happy. Okay, he came out and he said, I think the general reaction at first was surprise, like many people. Obviously, I'm not going to say that I was, you know, thrilled by the pick necessarily, but the organization is not thinking is thinking not only about the presence, but about the future, and I respect that. In the same press conference, Aaron Rodgers begins all of the I may leave the Packers stuff, I may retire, I may ask for a trade. That's when all of this started, and that was really the birth of all the Aaron Rodgers drama that we've seen over the past three years. Following season, they lose in the NFC Championship game. This time, it's against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? And the two massive stories coming out of that game was LaFleur's reluctancy to go for it on fourth down late late in the game. And Rodgers' postgame comments, which made everybody go crazy, where he said, a lot of guys' futures, they're uncertain, myself included. A few days later, Rodgers goes on the Pat McAfee show to double down on what he said. Then, you know, the report comes out about how the Rams, who traded for Matthew Stafford that offseason, tried to trade for Rodgers. Then Aaron Rodgers does all the Jeopardy hosting stuff. And then just before the 2021 NFL draft, Packers GM Brian, I'm going to, I always butcher his last name, Brian Guttenkunst said Rodgers will be Green Bay's quarterback for the foreseeable future. Rodgers then comes out and he flips the comments on his head. Adam Schefter reports that Aaron Rodgers wants out of Green Bay and he's played his final snap with the team. 
The first round of the NFL draft comes and goes, and Rodgers is still a Packer. Oh, and once again, the Packers decided to not draft a receiver in the first round. This time, they took a cornerback. In fact, the draft ends and Aaron Rodgers is still in Green Bay. The 49ers offered the third overall pick for him reportedly, and the Packers said no. Rodgers then changed his mind about leaving with one condition. He was willing to come back if the Packers fired their GM. Didn't matter. The Packers did not fire their GM. He remained a Packer in 2021. Then he goes on the darkness retreat in this most recent offseason, claiming that the answer to his future was clear. He says, quote, When I came out, it was evident that it was retire or move on to a new team. When that happened, and Rodgers was officially no longer a Packer, a weight was lifted off of Matt LaFleur's shoulders. A weight was lifted off that Green Bay Packers building because there was no more crap that they had to put up with. It was gone. Finally, the Packers can do what they want to do and not be scrutinized by the most important player on their roster. Finally, Matt LaFleur can coach how he wants to. Okay, He doesn't have to overcome the stubbornness of Rodgers every time he wants to do something. All people, especially older people, who have been doing something the same way for a long time, don't like change. Okay, When LaFleur came to Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers had been doing the same thing the same way for 14 years under Mike McCarthy. Then, this new young guy shows up, a guy who had never been a head coach before, shows up and he wants to change everything that Aaron Rodgers is doing. He wants to change the system. He wants to change the way that practices are being ran. He wants to take control away from Aaron Rodgers and do more himself. And Aaron Rodgers didn't like it. Aaron Rodgers responded how many other well-established quarterbacks would have responded, right? Like, imagine, okay, um, Peyton Manning is in Denver, and they come up to him, and they're like, hey, we know you're great, we know you've been doing this a long time, but we're going to take some of the offensive control away from you. Peyton Manning wouldn't have, that wouldn't have flown. Imagine if, you know, they did the same thing to Drew Brees, or if they'd done the same thing to Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. Like, that wouldn't have flown with any of those guys. Because at the end of the day, these guys, they think that they know best, they have the best view, they're behind the center, they can look out, they can see the defense. These guys have seen everything at this point. If you haven't seen it, there's a clip on Twitter with uh, Aaron Rodgers doing a joint practice against the Buccaneers, and this guy creeps up like he's going to blitz, and Aaron Rodgers looks at him, and he's like, back up, I know you're not coming, and then he bails out because he wasn't coming. Okay, like, these guys, like Aaron Rodgers, they've seen everything, and they know what's going to happen. And so in their minds, it is justifiable for them to completely control the offense. And if you've been watching Hard Knocks, that's what's happening in New York. Nathaniel Hackett isn't doing jack squat. He's not doing anything other than pandering to what Aaron Rodgers wants. Okay, and it's patting him on the back saying, hey man, you do do whatever you want with the offense. You're going to do a good job. Okay, Aaron Rodgers has complete and total control of the offense in New York, and that is not what LaFleur wanted in Green Bay. And it caused friction. The friction then caused Aaron Rodgers to act out. But now he's gone. And Jordan Love knows one way, and that's the Matt LaFleur way. Okay, the Jordan Love era has officially begun in Green Bay. Let's be honest, we don't know much about him. Okay, here's what we know. We know that coming out of Utah State, he was highly touted due to his arm talents. We know he's athletic. Okay, over the last two years, he's played in 10 NFL games. In those games, he's only thrown the ball 83 times. 
Okay, we saw a little bit more of him in the preseason. He played eight possessions over three games. He didn't look bad. He's 21 to 33, 183 yards, three touchdown passes, zero interceptions. He also ran the ball four times for 33 yards and wasn't sacked once. Okay, Love completed 64% of his passes and averaged just under six yards per attempt and finished with a passer rating of a tick, a, a tick under 110. Four of the eight possessions that he played in resulted in a score. It's three touchdowns and one field goal. He moved the ball. He didn't push the ball downfield as much as I would have liked that, you know, six yards per attempt isn't a great number, but he was efficient, seemed in control of the offense. Things looked smooth. And the first game of the Jordan Love era is less than two weeks away. Okay, they're opening against the Bears. Week one, division rival. The intensity level is going to be up. We should learn really quickly whether or not Love is going to be for real or not. And we should also learn pretty quickly whether or not LaFleur is a product of Rodgers' greatness or if he is legitimately a good head coach. And I'm pretty sure it's the latter. Okay, bad head coaches don't win 13 games. It just doesn't happen. That's going to do it here at Shooting the Schmidt. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to the podcast. I really appreciate it. I'm going to be back again on Thursday with a big prediction podcast, the NFC South, every college football con- or division conference, excuse me, every college football conference, and then next week, Tuesday, Thursday, we're going to do AFC and NFC playoff predictions. we got a lot coming up. Football season's almost here. I'm so excited for it. I know you are as well. Make sure you're subscribing to the podcast so that you have all the takes you need to take to your buddies. Once again, thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you all again on Thursday.